Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It's Michael Martin. Thank you for being here. So uh, on the theme of earnings, you know, you also have this concept of portfolio heat, which is, you know, when you add up what what is your risk in your portfolio when you think of uh, all your protective stops added up, what's at risk, you know? And so obviously, you know, that number grows, the number of positions that you have grows. However, you know, you could also tweak it lower by trading smaller, right? So you could trade, if you're trading, you know, 2% risk units and you have five pieces on, that could actually be more aggressive than if you had, you know, 10 pieces with one-fourth of 1%. So it all kind of adds up. The point being is that you need to look at the correlation, right? We're coming through earnings. You have a lot of expectation. You have so many of the big tech names that are at or near historic highs, and everyone's feeling good. It's certainly a better feeling than the, the lows of March, literally and figuratively the lows of March. And, um, man, it's hard not to get caught up in hubris, right, when your accounts are burgeoning and you're making money for reasons you don't even know, and the accounts of the stocks are just going up. There's no news on the tape. There's no whatever, and it's just going up. And this is the power of the trend, right, is that sometimes there's just no reason there's no announcement. There's no otherwise. Like we're in, we are in um, the throes of earnings season. So we'll be looking at these numbers again. Like I said, I believe yesterday, no one really knows the number until it goes out. So everything else, you know, whether it's the consensus estimate or whisper numbers, it's all kind of to me rumor and conjecture. Um, because until they say what the number is, you just don't know. Now, again, we don't want to take big bets around these things because it's basically a gamble but what we do want to do is go the other way and focus on playing superior defense so if you find as you look back and you could do this every day look to see what's been happening to your account uh, balances each day and even if they're going up and the trend of your you know because you have to trade your you have to trade your equity curve right that's the point here so just take a look though at the volatility and if you can see that on average the vol has increased over the months, right, that might be an indication that the markets are becoming more volatile, even if the trend is in your favor. And if that's the case, you typically want to cut your position size. Um, the only reason you want to grow your position is if as a percentage of your overall account balance, that leads you to have a bigger position in terms of shares or contracts. But ultimately, when you measure it with volatility, you go back to figure that it's the same percent risk that you had when your account was smaller. But ultimately, you want to add that all up and you want to trade it in the direction of your equity curve, keeping in mind that, you know, there can be sympathy trades. And a sympathy trade is uh, something we're going to talk about for a second here, where, for example, if you, even if you're not a futures trader, you can look at gold or silver as ETNs, right, ETFs, and hold those in your portfolio and trade them. And silver's recently gone parabolic. You know, gold is making highs. It's not quite at the highest of all highs, but it's getting there too. And then you take a step back and you say, okay, well, let me see what all the other metals are doing. So you look at copper. That's near, that's almost at three. Um, you can look at platinum and palladium. And so it's not uncommon for this kind of like floor creep to kind of seep into other markets, right? So, you know, a lot of times you'd see the wheat market would be going nuts, 
and for no other reason, the corn would start to go too. Now, part of that could have been because of the price of protein, which I'm not going to get into here, but ultimately folks who run feedlots need to find protein for their livestock to fatten them up so that they can slaughter them. So um, a lot of times then, if the price of one goes up, the other can follow. In the case of the grains, a lot of times it's it's tied to what the feedlotters are actually going to pay for, for protein, right? Which is typically, what are they going to pay for a pound of protein? So there's a big financial calculation that they have to do to figure out where is the parity for that, um, for that protein, given that the, the soybeans, corn and wheat, are reported in bushels, which is a volume metric, right? I mean, soybean meal is metric tons, but um, so you would look at, um, you know, the corn, the wheat, and the beans, and what percent protein do they have by weight? You'd have to do a bunch of calculations and look at the price and then kind of see what is the farmer or what is the feedlotter actually paying for a pound, a pound of the protein. So if you actually care about that, I can talk about it. It's way inside baseball, and I don't even know if it makes sense to talk about, you know, from a from a tactical standpoint on a damn podcast because it's audio only and you can't really follow the numbers all that well. So that can happen in metals too, is that there are ratios that are historical between, you know, a gold and silver and this and that. And they're interesting, but I don't know that they're compelling to actually trade them, right? You can say historically, this is the average blah, 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 in terms of gold to silver as a ratio. But that doesn't mean that it has to mean revert at all, right? I mean, because the numbers are, they are what they are. Um, Interesting to look at, but I haven't been able to model them for a trade. In that case, you would construct what we call an inter-commodity spread, because it's between two different commodities. You'd buy gold, sell silver, you do the opposite, whatever you think is good, as opposed to an intra-commodity spread, something within the same commodity, like old crop, new crop, or some kind of calendar spread. So like July soybeans against November soybeans, that would be a calendar spread, old crop, new crop. You can do all these kinds of spreads within the same commodity and trade, you know, the the, the curve, right? Is it inverted? Is it you know, carry charge market, you could figure all that out. When you look at the metals, if you see things going up, it might be something to look at where you actually want to jump in on the party because some of these other ones haven't traded. Now, you could totally do that in anticipation that a market that hasn't really moved will start to move in sympathy. And it's it's certainly a spec trade, you can do it. Just be mindful, again, of where your overall risk is because if you're sitting there saying, hey, I own gold, silver, platinum, palladium, high grade, and everything's booming, my equity's up, you know, whatever, 3% a day, there was, there will be a point of reckoning when it reverses. And when it does, it's not like a market correction, but it could feel that way in your account because once the move is over, they'll all typically come back against you at the same time or certainly very close to being at the same time so it'll feel like a correction in your account and uh god forbid there's bad news everyone knows the story when there's bad news hits the tape correlations go to one and you just have one gigantic position and all the what you think is diversified is really just one concentrated position in the metals so that's where knowing what your portfolio vol is on a day-to-day basis can help you be mindful of where you know, you are overall in your risk, 
Um, if you want to go super conservative, you can just pick the strongest horse in the barn and stick with the gold or the silver or whatever, you know, is, is the one you started with and kind of dance with the girl who brought you, so to speak. And this will help you play superior defense, which is always job number one, even when you're harvesting cash, like it's a bumper crop, which I hope you're doing. But don't let the hubris get you caught up where you let your guard down and think that everything goes on forever because it doesn't. And when it turns, it can be very nasty. So just a bit of a heads up today. Um, if you want to get a free copy of the Inner Voice of Trading um, audiobook, you can do so at Martin Chronicle. It's free. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next episode.